Welcome to Uninterrupted. This podcast was merely curated with one goal: to build a community, a familiar thread to connect with like-minded individuals, a community where one can find purpose, one that serves you that feeling of warmth, one where you feel you belong. Our episodes feature unfiltered, free-flowing, and candid conversations with women from different walks of life who've created an impact in their own fields. So gear up to be inspired. I'm your host Samriddhi Tanija. and this podcast has been presented by mirarbystyle.me it is the world's first ever augmented reality technology platform that enables virtual try-ons in real time for brands in the retail industry on a very personal note today's chat is one of our most exciting sessions from discussing how today's weddings are a modern retake of our traditions to dissecting the psychology of spaces We're diving deep into a phenomenal chat with one of the country's most fabulous wedding designers, Devika Narayan. Her take on weddings is super personalized, sustainable, enveloped with layers of local craftsmanship, culture, and of course, filled with love. Devika, thank you for taking the time out and being part of Uninterrupted. Thank you so much, Amriti. Thank you for having me here. Okay, you know I've said this to you before but you've actually been very very instrumental in the way I feel about weddings and the magic that you create at the venue is very intriguing to me. But a lot of people don't really understand what a wedding designer does. So could you first start by defining what that role entails? Sure, but first I want to tell you that I'm smiling like a mad monkey because you guys can't see me. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> I think in very simple terms a wedding designer essentially looks at the look and feel of what a ceremony or a function actually feels like versus a planner who looks at the logistics and coordination but at the heart of it I think what wedding designers do is they build an experience if you look back on all the weddings you've been to you'd always remember how you feel right I think I was 10 years old when I went to my first wedding until date I can feel how tangible the happiness in the room was and for me yeah. uh, as wedding designers that's what we're actually designing those little moments that make you remember that one evening when your best friend or your cousin or your own brother or sister or your daughter got married so that years later you can actually articulate it in in a space that's what a wedding designer does right that sounds so interesting and you know at the same time like it's very different from what like a conventional job looks like right it's not a 9 to 5 it's not something you can predict it's very stimulating in a lot of ways as well but tell me a little bit more about what are like the skills or the qualifications required to become like a successful wedding designer first things first every day of our life is radically different forget <laughs> not being a 9 to 5 there is zero boredom in our life because each project brings with it its own set of challenges its own set of like roadblocks uh, achievements so each day of my life is so different there are some days i genuinely crave a 9 to 5 job so that there is some sort of consistency in how i feel on a day to day basis uh, and the kind of issues i juggle with or the kind of challenges i juggle with i don't think on paper there are any sort of skill sets that you must have because there's so many different sort of skill sets that come together in what we do you could be great at with food you could be great at drawing at illustrating you could be a space designer so in terms of skills i think those are the bare minimum skills but what you must have because to me everything else can be learned is you must a love weddings because when you're standing on site on like 2:30 am at night waiting for the barats to arrive or for the guests yeah. to leave or for that one flower that you were hoping would turn up and that's the one thing that keeps you going 
and you have to be game you have to be able to think on the spot because unfortunately there's nothing which is given at a wedding your deadlines are harsh yeah. you can't move them around so you have to be quick to think on your feet i think all you basically need is true love for what you do and a lot of common sense and everything else around it can be learned you can learn how to look at spaces you can learn about fabrics about flowers heck i learned all of it uh, i remember when i had joined i couldn't tell one fabric from the other and today i can tell you where it's from i can tell you if the warp or the weft is polyester to me there's so much at a wedding that you learn on a job and you learn out of sheer experience because i cannot possibly tell you what all can go wrong at a wedding today it's only after you've done enough it's only after you've researched enough been on ground enough that you that you're able to learn far more it's not a skill that you can learn sitting on a computer or learn from a book it's one of those few professions where you have to be out there experiencing the different things that come your way to actually make sense of what is happening right the fair points been established that you know this is these are things that you can pick up like on ground and with your experience i feel like you know you've kind of designed weddings from like contemporary weddings dramatic weddings artisanal weddings and it's usually you know shaped by the personal experiences of the bride and the groom and their families in india but tell me more about what that creative process looks like so when you meet a bride and a groom how do you like take it from there so firstly i think it has a lot to do with how we look at weddings for me i've always felt that when it comes to homes or fashion we always think of making a personal statement or how they are an an extension of your own personal style right and i've always felt yeah. that weddings in india have only been about grandeur and sort of showmanship or in some cases just getting it over with for me the wedding is a starting point of when families and a couple comes together and for me it's a very powerful statement that your wedding should look like what the two of you care for or the bride and groom care for what the families care for and and i work off that simple thought so in terms of our process it starts with a lot of questioning getting to know the families better getting to know the bride and groom better see what matters to them and then from that point onwards we start articulating that into a visual language seeing what works in a, in a space what are the challenges what are the parameters we need to work around the time frame the season the light small details like that and from the simple likes and dislikes we begin to build this whole visual vocabulary around them or what their preferences are what their personal histories are what they want their guests to think about when they come to a space because to me that's equally important i've been to so many weddings where people don't think about their guests at all they're just trying to wow their guests but i want guests to come there how they uh, engage with the psychology of the space how they react to the spaces what interests them uh, what makes them stay longer at a party and then we start building on each of these nuances and i think all of this is almost like putting building blocks together and removing it's like a elaborate game yeah. of jenga where you pull out what doesn't work and then you build on certain aspects of it and i think the toughest part of our job is actually bringing it to life because we work a lot with artists we work a lot with craftsmen when you work in a in an industry which is so predominantly based on actual human beings and actual human hands making the products you you're working with i cannot tell you the number of times i have ordered a piece of i don't know a glass from a person who's only made the same design of glasses all his life and on the day of the function he has produced something completely radically different just because he felt like it so i think it's it's the coming together which is the most fun part of what we do to actually see how simple likes and dislikes can actually become an entire space and then to watch guests actually uh, walk around in that space and be inspired by by the things you have spent 6 months discussing that that one color of flower which is so important to the way a lounge was placed because you wanted families to uh, speak to each other 
at the function all those tiny details that make up that one grand event of a wedding right so it's quite a structured process that way you know it's almost like a constant tango between exploration and then kind of like execution and right. curation of that actual thing <laughs> you mentioned something very interesting about the psychology of spaces yeah. tell me how does that <laughs> add to the essence of the wedding at the end of the day a wedding is for two families and their extended friends and relatives and for me it's very important to see how they experience the space how they're influenced by it just like small things i'm sure you've been to a wedding where when you walk in most hotels have a pre function where you put food down the beginning and then when you walk in you have to find like the mandap duct in a corner to me that's the wrong sort of impression you give people right because when you walk in they're confused should we eat first should we go to the ceremony first what are we supposed to do or so many times the seating is laid out in a way where people can't speak to each other the music is so loud that they don't get to actually chat with each other and at most weddings there are families that haven't met each other for many years it's the last wedding in a generation and for me it's very important to build a space that brings people together and that's what i mean by the psychology of a space of how a space actually influences people to stay longer at an event to act a certain way to uh, embrace each other to bring people closer to actually inspire them to think a little more i never thought that so much <laughs> would go into you know just like the space that you see at a wedding cuz you know as a guest you just walk in and then and it's so funny because <laughs> just the smallest tweaks there can inspire a guest to to act differently to behave differently and that's what we do Yeah, Devika, I've been a part of an experiential marketing agency myself, and it is not easy. You know, it looks fun on the outside, uh, where people usually come to our Instagram handle and be like, "Oh, this is what you do. This sounds like fun," and you know, it's very interesting, and it is interesting, but it is like you know, millions of tiny details that kind of mm-hmm. come together and add weight to the final experience. And I just feel like you know, to do something like that, it has to be driven by pure passion. So tell me, what is your key motivator? Like, why did you choose to design weddings for a living in the first place i don't think there's a straight answer to it at least not when i was in the process of becoming a wedding designer when you look back at life it all sort of makes sense right i majored yeah. in english literature i was very keen to do a masters that i didn't get admission for uh, my next bet was to do something in the field of space design i wanted to do interiors or architecture and i i used to love doing up my room as a kid i used to love putting the dinner table together or moving things around my room so interiors felt like the most obvious choice my greatest right. tragedy though in life is that i can't draw i can't draw to save my life if someone had to kill me and at gunpoint that like draw a straight line i couldn't draw it i challenged myself years ago uh, that if i was ever able to consistently draw a straight line on a piece of paper i'd put myself to design school and well i haven't been able to do it so <laughs> weddings at that point was an upcoming field it was the only sort of field that did not require me to know how to draw and that's how i wound up at a wedding planner's office and i was like i think you should give me a job and i was so lucky that you did and that's how i became a wedding designer there was no sort of form to it i don't think i was ever even planning to do this is just how like i said when you look back all the pieces align and all of these things align perfectly but i was i trained to be a journalist i wanted to be an interior designer and here i am putting all of those skills all the things that i learned in psychology and philosophy 
and in literature overall in history putting that into designing weddings see you know um the very interesting part is that i feel like everyone if not in a very detailed sense still has like you know everyone has that idea of like an ideal wedding that they would want for themselves mm-hmm. um some folks go all out and some people love minimalism you've often spoken about mindful weddings so tell me how do you kind of apply that theory to these varying scales of weddings I think it boils down to what people truly care for. It's almost like an ideograph, right? When you sit down and you meet someone, you boil it down to these three things matter to me. And then how can you make sure that those three things are echoed through and through and at some level are in sync with your own values as well? I've always been very honest in saying that people don't hire us because we are the best wedding designers in the country. They hire us because they believe in the same values as us. We want our guests to enjoy a certain bunch of things. I I think we want our weddings to have the same kind of visual vocabulary and that's why people work with us and for me it's a very it's almost like a you know how there's a coming together of families it's a coming together of values yeah. of ideas of aesthetics on a table and then how you're able to translate that into something that works seamlessly it's something we've been brought up especially in india to work with different culture work with different thoughts ideas and then actually make a sort of a fabric it's like a warp and weft right uh, make a fabric that looks beautiful yeah. on its own and i think that's what we do in terms of even mindfulness just making sure that you think of the smaller things you look at the bigger picture while you're thinking of the smaller things i speak a lot about where are things coming from where are they going to go at the end of a project how are they being used how can you make sensitive choices and sensible alternatives to things that have happened over time and how just by being a little more thoughtful you can actually impact not just the people attending the wedding but also the people building the wedding the people designing the wedding the people having to clean up after the wedding if you can influence every one of those lives or even some of those lives with small mindful choices it can go a long way to making the world a better place and to me that's what i'm out to do i'm not out to make beautiful weddings i am on my own little agenda wanting to make the world a better place literally one wedding at a time yeah that's beautiful i've also <laughs> seen a lot of content around table styling and so much more on your feed and like across your platforms so tell me how can one extend that concept of uh, mindfulness to say their living rooms or their lounges for me table styling started uh with the idea of the table for me when i was growing up the dining table was a very very important part of our lives my mother banned phones books everything we all had to have dinner together as a team in office lunch is very important we discuss what's happening in the world uh, we gossip we sit together and enjoy a meal even at a wedding i noticed that that's a one place people pause they notice what's on a the table they put their feet up they enjoy a meal and to me the act of sharing a meal is extremely extremely special with anybody and that's the sort of aesthetic that i wanted to bring into my tables and when i talk about table styling for me it's got to do with celebrating literally the everyday we all eat food it's such a sacred relationship that we have with food and for me styling a table is honoring that simple tradition if you were to come to my house there is no television in my living room my entire living room is designed in a way where people can sit together and talk there is no tall flowers in the middle it's not built for grandeur it's a place where i want my friends and family to come over to have honest conversation the music is never loud um, there's always lots of food and alcohol flowing and i think it's it's that small bits of mindfulness of honoring who we are as people and what we truly enjoy as people and just by turning your furniture a certain way or uh, adding the simplest of details to a table you can actually make each aspect of your life more thoughtful does that make sense 
<laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. On most evenings, my husband and I sit in front of a television set and have dinner. I'm the biggest hypocrite because while I talk about this, that's how I have dinner on most days. But there is that one dinner a week when you have friends over that you want to sit together and celebrate the tiny meal. So many times, I just do breakfast for myself. It's my favorite meal of the day, by the way. And I'll set up an elaborate table. Yeah. My dog will be there, and we'll both sit. I'll read a book while I have breakfast, and it's my little lazy sort of indulgence. Right, but do you think you're also like big on minimalism? Is that a concept that kind of flows through you? I mean, your design, your life, your aesthetic. I am a terrible minimalist. I am a hoarder. I am a maximalist. I'm actually not even a maximalist. I'm this person who's sitting on a fence. I have a tremendous belief when I'm designing in restraint. I think it's very important to know where to stop and not just fill up a space or a room with things just because you want to. Yeah. I question my design, my products a lot. For me, it's a tremendous uh, focus on why does something exist in a certain space. But I am a hoarder of memories of things. I go shopping all over the world and I bring back the most useless things and display them and feel ridiculously happy about it. So I, I think I'm a minimalist nightmare. That's very interesting. Actually, I saw one of uh, the videos where I think it was around your home, and I feel like it's beautiful. So I don't think you have to worry about bringing ridiculous things. I feel. Like I also don't great. believe in matching things. Whatever makes you happy should find its way into your life. <laughs> That's fair, but you know, on the contrary, I feel like minimalism has been a big-ish theme at least through the lockdown, where I've seen really intimate affairs happening at least in my friends and family in say like backyards or um, you know farmhouses. That's where like a lot of people are getting married right now. But nonetheless, we all know the big fat Indian wedding is here to stay. That's not going anywhere, right? No matter what happens with the industry. So tell me, what is your take <laughs> on the wedding industry in say the post-COVID? I don't know when that's going to happen, but like in the post-COVID scenario, per so se. bunch of things. I think more than minimalism, we're all embracing the Swedish concept of uh, Scandinavian concept of hygge. Am I saying that right? It's about what brings you joy, and I think that's what the, this lockdown right. has taught us to surround ourselves with things that make us happy. Our friends and family who become our every day in terms of video calls and voice calls because none of us can cook and clean. Or just for me, what has been the most interesting part of the lockdown is we've all had time with ourselves. We've all learned what is truly important. And we're going to continue to prioritize that in every aspect of our life. To me, my neighborhood fruit seller is far more precious than any other multinational out there because he saved my ass in the last six months. He got me yeah. everything, by the way, from batteries to a, a box of strawberries. And for me, he is a lifesaver. Um, my friends and family who made the time, who I, I've always been so busy, I've never had the time to chat with all of them, uh, who I've been able to speak to. I think weddings are echoing the same sort of sentiment. They're becoming a lot more local. Uh, they're not becoming minimal. People are choosing to call people who truly matter to them versus everybody else that you just had to call. Suddenly, there's no pretense. You don't have to call everybody. You, you in fact, have the perfect excuse to only uh, invite people who you enjoy spending time with. Lovely. And I, I don't think there's a post-COVID change, honestly. This has been a change that is we've seen coming for years now. We've just got the perfect excuse for it. Um, but I think people are choosing uh, better. And I'm very excited because suddenly we're in a world where we want to work with a lot more local elements, where design is at the forefront. I've always been scared to do a 200 people wedding versus a 2000 people wedding because your closest friends and family are going mm. to notice every single detail. So you're actually making those personal details for your friends and family. You're making something for people that matter to you. 
you're thinking more consciously because of what's happening in the world you're thinking more sustainably because you want to work with more local elements you want to work with more local art and craft and create employment and to me this is the best time for weddings in india that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. i have one last question before we move to the last phase tell me how big a role does technology play in your line um, of work a lot starting with the fact that we have to communicate with brides and grooms all over the world very often even before yeah. covid times we weren't able to meet them because a lot of them work and they couldn't just drop everything because they were getting married and travel cross country multiple times a year starting with communicating with them to actually all our designs are given life on computers right uh using different kinds of softwares uh, i live my life of excel so technology is very important and to me even more now because technology is helping connect us to craftsmen and artisans and and small town suppliers who are actually creating a lot of the products you see at our weddings and it's been a beautiful sort of connector i can sit here today and get my weaver in banaras to weave something for me or get this really small potter in pokhran in the outskirts of jaisalmer to make diyas for me or to make some beautiful vases for me and for me it's almost as if technology has brought the world closer and it's extremely important in the world of weddings because i don't have to travel today anymore i can sit in my own house simply using the most amazing communication systems we've built to literally change the world and actually put weddings together completely right that's fab <laughs> okay i have one last rapid Yay, fire I round feel like for you it's i feel very coffee five. with karan <laughs> okay three things to remember while choosing your wedding season wedding. time and light okay a wedding trend that you don't vintage-y understand vintage bird cages and pearls and ball gowns on beaches i don't understand beach weddings why am i wearing my sabasachi to a beach and when i have so much culture why do i have those weird crystals and bird cages and pearls hanging all over it it bothers me at a very deep level okay cool three words to describe um the wedding aesthetic of any wedding um, you designed personal eclectic thoughtful okay your number one tip for wedding planners or designers um, use your common sense just because you've done something all your life doesn't mean you need to keep doing it i mean think use your common sense see what works in that moment and not just keep going with something that you've always done <laughs> Okay fab the most interesting production element that you've ever experimented um, with wire okay devika thank you thank so you much i've had such a great thank time so chatting much. with you i've made a uh, mental pointers <laughs> in my head for Call my when you get married perfect thanks so much bye for everyone who tuned in today thank you so much for taking the time out and listening to our conversation If this conversation struck a chord with you, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share this with your friends and family. If you have a take on the topic we discussed or if you'd like to share some feedback, please feel free to write to me. I'm going to catch you next week with yet another uninterrupted conversation. Have a great evening ahead.